Well, howdy doody and happy Tuesday. Welcome into Sports Talk. I am your warm cup of cocoa on a cold, gray winter day, Scott Beatty. I'm spilled milk. I was going to say, you're the marshmallows on top. Later on, Evan Kahn, he's probably the rum that you throw in there. I guess so. Um, Back from um, a most interesting trek to Florida and the holidays, and glad to be with you here for Sports Talk back in the saddle. And I'm going to count on you, Lauren Tate, to help me get caught up. (laughs) I was gone for a week. (laughs) And well, just about everything. Happened. I don't remember what happened in basketball. I, you know, I, I think I watched it, but I, did you see the end of it? No, <laughs> I did not see the end of it. I said there were a lot of I, people that turned it off. I'll say that. I, I, I thought for a for a moment I'm being irresponsible not watching the end of this game, and then I thought I I don't care. I'm going to bed. This is terrible. Well, it was not a it was not a fun experience, and it was so bad that it just. You really kind of have to start over. I mean, it was really bad. We were 35 points down with 12 minutes to go. I mean, how much worse could it be? For whatever reason or reasons, the, this bragging rights game in the Brad Underwood era has not gone particularly no, well. No, we've been terrible in those games, mostly. But it has a few times been a marking point, a pivot point for the team. Mm-hmm. And that's happened before as well. So. Yeah. But well, even even in good years, they've played poorly in that game. Is he playing the right players? I guess that's the question, and mm-hmm. and we're just not getting anything from from a couple of the regulars. I mean, uh, Sky Clark is just not playing up to to his ability at all. I mean, they were taking advantage of him on the defensive end, and he wasn't doing anything on the offensive end. I'm I'm not talking about making threes or shooting a three ball in when you're open. I'm just talking about running a team and creating something. They, they're not creating any offense in the half court, and I've been complaining about that the whole season, although sometimes they overcome it by making threes and, and by the drives that uh, Shannon makes. Well, we're going to get some help, I guess, on this from Mike Latulip, our insider uh, and, and analyst of Illinois basketball, so he will join us in a, in a little while. We usually, we usually talk with him pregame and postgame uh, and occasionally on Sports Talk. And we just he's going to be here Thursday. Huh, to yeah. do the, and he's do doing the, the game with Brian on Thursday, by yeah. the way. Dion and Doug are both unavailable. He's going to pinch hit and make his network debut. And Good. I, I think he's going to be dynamite. I think he will be, too. And and so I look forward to that as Illinois men's basketball will take on Bethune-Cookman. Well, are you more worried about the bowl game or the future of Illinois football? Which one? Worried about? Yeah. There's not much to worry about. about with concerned it. about. There's not much to be concerned about with the bowl game because it's just a game. I, I agree. I don't know. I can't. Uh, it's not close to me. I mean, I'm thinking about next year a lot more than I'm thinking about this bowl game. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I could put it in the category of concern versus mm, curiosity, intrigued, wanting to know what, what will happen. I, I don't know how you can... I can understand why you would be concerned, but when when you rightfully look at it, you really have no idea what it's going to be like. There's so many things well, that we can't I, even predict. Here's football. what I know. The players that come back next year want to play. End of sentence. <laughs> 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 and right now we've got some guys that, that may play and are gonna play, but we don't know if they're gonna if they want to return. And to me that you know, that's 
if, if there's uncertainty in your mind, we've already had, uh, I think, four players. That I'm still trying to find out what happened to Luke Ford. I don't know if he's going to play or not. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know if he's down there or not. He's not coming back next year, but when he could, but he's uh, he could play if he wants to. And uh, of course, we know that Chase Brown and Sidney Brown really it's to their benefit not sure. to play. Um, certainly for Chase. And uh, with a spoon, it looks like a first-round draft pick. I saw where he's picked twenty-first in one of the one of the mock drafts, and I looked at the next mock draft, and he wasn't in the top uh, group. So he he isn't in the top he isn't in the top thirty-two in every mock draft, but he is in some. And it all matters, you know, where he's drafted, how much money he's going to get. Well, he should be dra- drafted highly, and he should make a lot of money because oh, he's yeah. a really good football oh, yeah. player. Yeah, he's. In, He's going to be fine. We're off and running here on Sports Talk. Michael Tulip joining in this this hour. Next hour, Robert Rosenthal, who I believe has started his journey down to Tampa, is uh, going to join us with uh, Evan Kahn, and we'll get some of his m- m- bowl thoughts. I feel like I have survivor's guilt because I was caught up in this whole Southwest Airlines mess from oh, our family you? getting home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we shifted the flight a day because of the weather, and then we almost didn't get out because they've had all these cancellations, and it was, uh, well, it, 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 we didn't realize at the time, but now I'm hearing all these national headlines about Southwest Airlines going, oh, great, I'm part of a news story. Did you see where the players are flying in from different places that, that when they went home for Christmas? Yeah. And I, w- I wonder if all of them are, are going to get there on time. I would not recommend at the moment. When I say on time, I mean in time for tomorrow's practice. Yeah. Today's practice. Yes, that's right. Today is, uh, well, they don't have anything formally scheduled in terms of practice today and their formal schedule. They're, tomorrow they will have a team photo. Thursday, if you're thinking in terms of a normal game week, Thursday will be a Tuesday practice. So they'll practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, walk through Sunday, and Monday is is game day. You and know what? Uh, they haven't done as much practice for this game as I kind of as you would think that you'd have a, a advantage for. What you have? Fifteen practices? Is that too many? Uh, is not that many, is it? Right. And Brett Bielma said that they uh, I mean, that they uh, gave the vets some rest early on yeah. and used more development time, and mm-hmm. then they've slowly been bringing the the regulars back. But I mean, in. as far as just putting your first team out there and running them through drills, they're not doing much of that. Yeah. Well, I think at this point in the year, you're, it's they maintenance. Don't know it by now, it's they? maintenance. It's it's fine tuning. But let me just, since I was gone for about ten days, let me make sure I got all this right. And, and maybe there's been other people that have been out of the loop. So this is just Kevin Kane and Corey Patterson have left, That's following true. Ryan Walters to Purdue. That's right. Aaron Henry's been promoted for football to the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Sidney Brown, Chase Brown, Devin Witherspoon aren't going to play in the bowl game. Yep. Maybe Luke Ford, maybe not. We had signing day. We had all these this recruiting class come in. Our team was ranked 39th nationally by rivals. Our, the, the 21 the, players that were brought in on uh, the recruits were ranked 39th. They were 8th in the Big Ten, roughly. Where in the Big Ten? Okay. Uh, Brett Bielma got extended, mm-hmm. $6 million a year, and it climbs mm-hmm. for hanging around. Mm-hmm. They still need a transfer quarterback, and in the Tommy DeVito situation is resolved. It is. I'm told it's resolved, but but they haven't officially announced it. I've told that he has been denied. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense to me. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to figure out some. I mean, according to the rules as they're written, uh, he would not have another year. They would. They were hoping for, and that's even with 2020. Uh, you know, yeah. a non-counting year. If he wasn't going to be there, they were hoping for Devin Leary, but he mm-hmm. is committed to Kentucky. That's correct. They were hoping for Hudson Card, the Texas quarterback. He's going to Purdue. That is correct. So now they are in the mix for Luke Altmeyer, who was between in the backup and starting position, very bounced between backup and starter at Ole Miss. That's correct. Less experienced but than a Hudson Card. Of a, a couple of new guys have popped up in just the last couple of days. One from Coastal Carolina, a very, very good quarterback, and the other from Wake Forest. This good. Wake Forest led the league in, in uh, touchdown passes. Yes, he was um, helped Wake Forest the ACC championship. Hartman is his last name. Mm-hmm. But I saw that he may be going to Notre Dame. Well, of course. I mean, there, there's that. We thought that uh, Leary was – we thought that uh, – Leary, was it Leary or Hudson was going to Notre Dame, and he turned, I think it was Leary, and he um, he wound up going to Kentucky for more money. <laughs> you mean going, the why, academic? Why do we want to sit around here and kid ourselves? You mean the academic we opportunities in Lexington? We got outbid by Kentucky. That's what happened, money. I mean, a lot of money. While I was gone, the men had a lethargic win over Alabama A&M and mm-hmm. then just absolutely smoked by Missouri in mm-hmm. bragging rights. The women, while I was gone, won their bragging rights game. Impressively. Without car, without... Uh, Makaira Cook. Cook, yeah. Then they beat Florida Atlantic, and Genesis Bryant turned in a triple-double. She looked like Cook. <laughs> so I was not, so high on Cook, and she looked just as good as Cook. 11 and 12. They're back into conference play now the rest of the way. Thursday night, they are let at me, Wisconsin. Let me say something about the women. Indiana is ranked third in the nation now. And Illinois almost got them. You bet. In their Illinois place. led in the final minute. Hey, for what it's worth, the USA coaches poll today, Illinois is receiving one vote. <laughs> <laughs> that might be from Missouri's coach. <laughs> if I'm Missouri's coach, I may be voting for him. But. Well, they, they played themselves out of the poll, and that's okay. They've got to come back and play basketball. They're zero and two in the Big Ten. If they don't. you're talking men now, yeah. Oh, I oh you oh you you mean the women got the one women vote. got a vote. The men got what thirteen or fourteen votes. Yeah, but the men are out of the top twenty five. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying sorry, the, I've got men and women mixed up here. Yeah, but the women. Uh, somebody asked me, "Will they be? Could they be ranked?" I said, "Well, if they beat Iowa on Saturday, on Sunday at State Farm Center, boy, that'll be a good game, won't it? Yeah, Caitlin Clark will be here. I hope she doesn't start making those thirty footers." Uh, you just hope she doesn't make too many of them. She will make some. <laughs> she will make some. So, the, oh, and the Cubs got a shortstop. I'll say. Dansby Swanson. So those, that's just while I was gone. So I, I figured it'd be a nice light week before Christmas, good time to take off, because everybody was at Disney World, and I mean everybody. <laughs> well, I won't be around long enough to see the end of these shortstop contracts. But I will. T- <laughs> but I will tell you, you're not the only one there. There's going to be some sadness at the end of these. These when you have a 13 year contract, uh, I don't know if that's even going to go through for Korea. I mean, he, oh, right? Yeah, there's so many he's questions. He's having about. trouble with the Mets now after the Giants. After he slipped the Giants and went to the Mets, now is he? I mean, would you give a 13-year contract to the guy who couldn't pass a physical? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we'll come back, and Mike LaTulip will join us on Sports Talk. We'll try to figure out what can be done for Illinois men's hoops.
Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. You've got the home of Illinois football. News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. It's a Tuesday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate of Scott Beatty. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Our friend Mike LaTulip joins us now to talk some Illinois hoops. And Mike LaTulip will, uh, next man up, Deion Thomas, Doug Altenberger not available on Thursday night. So you, sir, will make your Illinois Sports Network debut alongside Brian Barnhart to fill the role of analysis analysis slash former Illini. Still an Illini in your heart, but I mean former player. So we are looking forward to your your debut on the network as Illinois will take on Bethune-Cookman. And what a treat! Yep, what a treat. yeah. First trick is turn uh, on the mic. That's I'm the excited. I, I was talking to Brian um, these past couple of days, and just looking forward to it. I think you know anybody that that knows and is around radio, play-by-play guys running the show. You just I'm, my goal is to stay out of Brian's way, offer some tidbits where I can, and let him call the game. Ah, uh, you'll bring the sizzle. He brings the steak, but you'll bring the sizzle. That's what you'll bring for sure. Um, but <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> we were talking about. It. We watched the. I watched the Missouri game from from Florida on vacation. Couldn't even get through it. Um, I got two questions: How and why? <laughs> this whole thing. Two loaded ones. Why? Two loaded ones. I mean, I personally witnessed it. Illinois beat UCLA and and almost beat Virginia. But yep. how and why are we here? Well, let's start with the how. The the how is when you have this new mix of guys, and I think we wondered about that going into this game, was so much history in this game, just the rivalry and and everything. And you wonder, okay, what is it going to mean to guys that haven't been around it? You know, Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon, uh, one of the – you know, Coleman, I think, had one true one. The other one was an empty gym in Columbia for bragging rights. And RJ was in one uh, that was kind of a blowout. And I remember when, when I was there from 2012 to 2016, it felt like you saw the same cast of characters every year. So there was just a history there and a, a natural animosity. And um, I think we wondered what that was going to look like with new guys. And we saw it. But look, there's there's no excuse because Missouri had new guys, too. Mm-hmm. And what you want to always see is, you know, effort that is unconditional. I think I've, I've talked about it the past few days, but not playing, you know, hey, we're going to play UCLA in Texas a certain way because there's a certain reward, right? There's a ranked win. There's, you know, we, we know we're going to um, get the attention of uh, the national media, whatever it may be. Uh, you may not get the, t- the attention of the national media at 11 a.m. against Penn State at home. You may not get the attention of the national media um, by beating Missouri, albeit a, a good Missouri team, uh, but an unranked Missouri team. So uh, that's where this team has to figure that out. They're a young team. They're they're inexperienced in terms of uh, playing together, and the trust has to be there. And that's what that's what I'm looking for moving forward is how can they how can they pull this together, um, you know, and, and figure things out because they they got some chips stacked against them with um, you know just by being so new but you, you can't skip steps and you have the effort has to be there that's non-negotiable the effort has to be there 
So what I don't hear you saying, or maybe not saying is a, is a big of a factor, is it's not a problem with scheme or, or the switching or or an inability to execute in half court. I mean, it's it's more of a heart and soul type of issue. Well, it's I was getting there. Okay. Because <laughs> there are there are certain things that that probably have to change. Look, when you switch one through five defensively, there is a certain level of effort and communication that have to take place. And that's what, you know, I was shocked in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the season. I thought they were actually ahead of the curve or ahead of where I thought they would be defensively. And that was uh, just their engagement level. When you're engaged, you tend to play harder. You tend to communicate better. And I've just seen a lack of engagement the past couple games. And look, when you, when you have the, the switching one through five defensively, that's high risk, high rewarder high reward and um if you're not doing those things that i mentioned it's going to look bad and it's it's it, when you mess up you mess up big time and switching one through five and guys are open guys are getting layups and then offensively you're going to have to he's probably going to have to grab the reins a little bit brad underwood he's going to have to probably micromanage a little bit on that end a lot of what they were doing was free-flowing and structured randomness and uh, letting basketball players be basketball players but right now they're just that's not working and uh, i think you know, Brad's shown the ability not only just to Illinois but at Oklahoma State to make changes. They, I think, they started zero and six in conference play at Oklahoma State, and kind of were doing the the fly around deny defense, and they went to the pack line and kind of dumbed it down and ended up getting an NCAA tournament berth. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a change. Yeah, he almost beat Michigan that year, as I recall, in, in the tournament. Yep. I mean, like a one or two point game at the very end, mm-hmm. and it, I think. Um, I think you're right. I, I just don't know if the, the one through five is, doesn't seem to be working. And it may be because you've got a couple of 23, 24-year-olds on one side and you've got a bunch of freshmen on the other, and they've never played together, and they've maybe never played this way. I doubt that they have. I don't think in high school you don't switch five. I mean, I've never, I've never seen anybody do it. Have you? I, I mean, it depends. I mean, certain high schools, if you're super undersized and have the athleticism, you can do it. But look, right now... I think what you're seeing is that UCLA and the Texas game, great wins, right? I think you're, you're. I think they're still one of the only teams in the country with two top ten Ken Palm wins, which yeah, is they are. that doesn't happen by accident, right? You you know you need to have a certain level of talent and skill and, and and toughness to win those games. And right now, what I see is, and it's it's what makes coaching difficult is you have a bunch of freshmen. And then your guys that are experienced outside of Coleman Hawkins and RJ Melendez are essentially rentals, if you think about it, right? You know, Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon are going to be here for nine months, maybe eight months. So how do you get guys that are here short term to buy into it, right? Like, what does this program mean to you? You know, if, if Terrence Shannon day one was like, oh my gosh, like this program means absolutely everything to me, you'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like you've, you've only been here for five minutes. But it's it's beyond just what the program means to you or what putting on that jersey means to you. I always go back to it. Andres Felice, Trent Frazier, it didn't matter. Time, score, opponent, they were given a certain level of effort. And it was it was full throttle. And and that's just that that was probably based out of survival, both of them being a little bit undersized. But look, these guys have to learn too that you got all the physical attributes, you got the size, you got the length, you got the athleticism. If you just you know, check the box of of playing your butt off every single game. You're gonna you're gonna like what you see, and, and that's equated to some big time wins this year. So if they can do that, and it's it's beyond just 
playing for this or playing for that. Just play hard because you're on the floor and your number's called. And that 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 should simplify things for them. We're skipping around the one thing that everybody talks about, and that's the post-game interviews and 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 the timeout yeah. uh, developments when we see uh, tempers lost. I mean, it, 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 could that be a part of this? Look, I, I've been surprised over the years, and um, I like Coleman Hawkins a lot, um, and Matthew Meyer I, I, I also like a lot, and I think they're both really good kids. I think things that should be staying in-house are seeping out a little bit more than they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 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 been kind of a common theme over the past couple of years. Is what they're talking about different than any locker room in college basketball? No, like it happens everywhere. It happened on the teams I was on. It probably, honestly, probably even worse to some to some degrees. If, if some of the stuff got out from from my time from 2012 to 2016, it would shock some people. But that happens everywhere. It's just you have to understand that there's certain things that have to stay in house because one, you want to deal with them internally. Two, it becomes a distraction when you let it out. And three, you don't want what ends up happening when chemistry comes comes into question and you're saying things that are, are out in the media. Now when you lose, there's a lot of questions that surround that. And that's what Brad Underwood has to answer to is hey, is there trust on this team? Is there chemistry? Is there cohesion? I thought I think we knew it was going to be a process. I but when you win and beat UCLA and you beat Texas and you go toe to toe with Virginia. I mean, this this is life. The goalpost moves. It just does. Expectations change, and they have to understand that no matter what is going on, and it's a leadership thing, it's a maturity thing. Uh, you have to not play the score. You can't play the opponent. They're they're just you. You give a certain level of sincere Harris effort because you're out on the floor and your number's called. And you know, I see it from sincere and. Ty Rogers and these guys, but the one thing that they don't have in common with the other guys is they don't have roles set in stone. So they're they're out there trying to put food on their plate. They're trying to eat. Mm-hmm. And for some of the other guys, I think they know they have a, a set role uh, in the rotation. And I, you know, I can see them taking their foot off the gas sometimes. And and you can't do that if you if you tie yourself out. That's why you got eight nine guys in a rotation. So I think they'll figure it out. And I think that you know we're twelve games in, and um, you know their best basketball should be ahead of them for sure. Well, again, there's precedent in Brad Underwood's time here at Illinois, let alone Oklahoma State or Stephen F. Austin, where this time of year has been a real low, and then things start to get put together. What's interesting, though, is things looked put together to a degree early on in the season, and now it, it, it it's – I mean, even the UCLA win was you had to come back from 15 down, and however, double-digit deficit against Texas, it wasn't all just – clicking the whole way through but they were getting these key wins and and things were working and now there's this big dip yeah and you said it when it, it happens in locker rooms across the country it's like i've only, i've been married almost 20 years and it'd be like hey shocking sometimes my wife and i have gotten into arguments <laughs> you know but it's like right. but we don't you know that doesn't necessarily need to be out there you know but that's just that's just how it is in a team and a group in an office in a family whatever uh, analogy yeah. you want to use. But now and that it's out always, there, everyone goes, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Well, and look, you, they always say that you will not figure out what type of team you have until you have your first bad loss. And and that you know that was on display these past three games, right? I know the Alabama A&M one was weird. This was probably your first really bad loss. I thought the Penn State loss was, wasn't great. But this is the other thing, too. This is This is – at least personally for me, this is my barometer for tough teams. 
you beat a UCLA, you beat a Texas, you beat these ranked teams. Like to me, that's not the tough stuff. The tough stuff is, can you go up to Welsh Ryan arena against Northwestern? Can you go out to Lincoln against Nebraska? Can you go against teams that you should absolutely beat and handle them? And that those are the teams that that's why I think Trent Frazier was so big in that locker room. Cause no matter who the opponent was, he's he, and Io did the same thing. He was not letting these guys play the opponent. Hey, we're going up to Nebraska. It may take us overtime, but we're not we're not backing down because every team that's gonna be playing against you is gonna give you the best shot. It's just it's just the reality of it. And if you're not ready for that, you're gonna get punched in the mouth. So that that's why these teams have had success over the years under Brad Underwood. And I, I think that's that's what you'll be looking for here for Big Ten play. By the way, the Big Ten looks to me like it's slipping. They still got two teams in the top twenty-five beyond uh, Purdue. Uh, Indiana hasn't shown that much, and Wisconsin is Wisconsin. But uh, what what's going on with all this slippage that I see in the Big Ten? I think it's regressing to the mean a little bit. I think they uh, Big Ten came out of the gates firing, and maybe it was a little bit you know a little bit more of a misnomer. Iowa, Chris Murray's out, so I can't fully mm-hmm. hold the Eastern Illinois loss against them. But that is a bad bad loss. I think point point spread wise, it was the worst one in college basketball history since they've been doing point spreads. But look, Indiana was in a when is in a dogfight with Kennesaw State the other day. And uh, this is when things start to get kind of funky and um and teams start to go two separate directions. Right? Everybody is, you know, it's Skittles and Rainbows the, the beginning of the year, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you get punched in the mouth like some of these teams do and your team goes one way or the other. And I think that's where Illinois is at right now. You know, who are you going to be? Are you going to be a team that gives consistent effort and trust each other despite not playing with each other very long? Or, you know, Iowa, even if you got guys down, can you still win off your skill? Indiana, are you still going to guard? You know, there's there's questions around the Big Ten. Purdue just – we'll see. We don't get a fair shake on Purdue until probably January 2nd when they play Rutgers. But, you know, they're they're going to be 13-0. They may already be 13-0, but or I think they play 4 day and m here soon. But um, they're going to be 13-0 going into that game. And – uh, the one thing I know Purdue does, and part of the reason why they're 13-0, they play their butts off, they're skilled, they shoot it well, and they have a seven foot four monster in, in the paint. So I'm ex- you're, you're right, Lauren. They, they're sli- this conference is slipping a little bit, but I think it, it goes to show you this conference is still wide open. So despite the struggles, oh boy, yeah, line, it's you, wide. You, should, you know, you put together a good conference season, you should be right there. Yeah, and by the way, uh, Purdue had a heck of a time beating Nebraska. <laughs> and David overtime. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Thursday night, Bethune Cookman is your opponent, and I think if you're a fan, you're going, okay, this is a a, a placeholder, this is a filler game, uh, a get right game, whatever. But it's not that compelling compared to Big Ten play starts next week. What is the mindset? Uh, what's the temptation? Do you think about this game for the locker room? And then what should it be? Yeah, well, I think if you do make changes or adjustments, this is a good way to roll it out and and test it out and see what you got. But I always go back to that Missouri game. As a coach, you want to be able to honestly assess the film. And you cannot honestly assess film if you don't give effort. Like we can't, we don't know if certain things are going to work because you didn't give effort. If you give effort and it doesn't work, now we have an honest assessment. We don't have an honest assessment because Hey, if you don't play hard, is it the scheme that's not working or are you just not playing hard? So like that's that's what we always talked about in those locker rooms was, hey, we have to give 
you know, fair film here, an honest assessment on film, and that's only through your effort. And look, Bethune Cookman, this is another game that should test your toughness. And that sounds crazy because it's Bethune Cookman, but I saw it against Alabama AM. They could have blown that game open. It was, I think, 37 to 21 or, or whatever it was. It was, you know, they were up 19 at one point in the first half. It was a lob to Dane Danger. And the tough teams pushed that to 30. The the not so tough teams say we're up nineteen, eh, like they're not going to crawl back into this. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're up one. So I, I want to see this team give sustained effort for forty minutes. And if they do, this should not be a relatively close game whatsoever. So um, they should be inspired. They have every reason to play inspired after the effort they gave uh, down in St. Louis. So uh, I'll be looking for that for sure. Do we change any lineup? Do we make any changes in the personnel? You could. I think you could if you if you want to play more drop coverage and keep guys out of rotation, then you probably go with Dane at the five. Um, if you just want to send a message, you probably start sincere Harris um, <laughs> and say, "Hey, you know your your spot is not solidified. You still have to play hard like this guy does all the time." Um, now, some of these guys, I always say, especially with freshmen and, and Dane, to a degree, there's a law of diminishing returns, right? You can't; you, those guys are not ready to play thirty plus minutes. So it's still on those Matthew Myers, Terrence Shannons, R.J. Melendez, Coleman Hawkins. Like, regardless of how you shuffle things around, you still need those four guys to be good. Beyond when good. You, when you say thirty minutes, you're not talking about conditioning. You're talking about experience. Yeah, yeah, experience. I mean, look, Dane Danger. Where he struggles right now is there's certain things offensively. You know, looks good when he gets thrown into the post or he's crashing the offensive glass. But there's some spacing issues. There's some transition defense issues. Um, that kind of rear its head the more he's in the game. So that's mm-hmm. why he's good in that 15 to 18 minute window. Maybe that bumps up to 20 to 22. Who knows? But sincere, you know, anti for that matter, what they give you in short spurts, right? The effort and, you know, you can maybe a little spark plug. They, they still will hurt your spacing offensively because you, right now you just don't have to guard them. And, and that's going to hurt driving lanes for Terrence Shannon and driving lanes for Sky Clark and Matthew Meyer. And, um, it, it's going to jack up that a little bit. So, um, but I think that goes back to, hey, uh, you know, if you're a guy that's not being guarded, you're in that structured randomness. You need to be a screener. So that's that's what those guys can be looking at, too. So I think there's certainly changes you can make. I see uh, Epps is playing a lot more late in ball games, And, though he just went two for eight the other day. But it looks to me like he can shoot the ball. And, and I think that uh, there is a tendency – there has been a tendency to play him late in games, and he's been very valuable in a couple of situations like that. Yeah, and you can tell when R.J. was out uh, – Jaden was that next guy up that was starting for him in that, uh, I believe, in the Alabama A&M game. So uh, he's another guy that I, I think is a capable scorer. He's he's made some strides defensively, and I think he'll be even a better position if, if they do go away from the switching one through five and do a little bit more, whether it's hard hedging with Coleman or they, they'll always drop with Dane. I think that suits Jaden even better. It's just, hey, fight over the top, and uh, that's another thing these young guards have to learn is, hey, go watch the, the Trent Frazier master class on how to get through a screen because it, it creates a domino effect when you don't. So, you know, those guys will be in a position here um, going into Big Ten play. They've taken their their lumps. You know, the first eight games were, you know, peachy, and now you you got a lot of film that, that you can watch and say, hey, we can improve on some things, and that goes across the board. But, yeah, I think Epps is, a, is certainly a guy that could see an uptick if, if he uh, if he plays with consistent effort. Now, the head-scratcher to me is, is Ty Rogers. I just – maybe I was – reading into too much, you know, that he was on Team USA and all that, he sounded more out-of-the-box ready than he has looked. Yeah, he's he's struggled a little bit, and I think that's always difficult, too. I, the thing that people forget about freshmen, 
is you always assume that it's plug and play. And what you don't realize is they are likely in a role they have never been in. Um, that goes for Sincere Harris. That goes for Ty Rogers, and most likely goes for Jay Neps. Jay Neps is a guy that had the ball in his hand constantly, scoring 30-plus a game in high school. Ty Rogers is a guy that never had to worry about someone coming in to check in for him in high school. Sincere, same thing at St. Vincent, St. Mary. Uh, you know, it, it's it's different for them, and guys deal with that in different ways. I think Ty's confidence is looking a little shaken, um, just being in that role. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of in weird spots offensively with where he's spaced and defensively. There's There's been some miscues, but that's all normal for freshmen. And, um, you know, I think I still think Ty's going to have his moment at some point where he, you know, whether it's in East Lansing or, or something, he's, he's, he's going to have a – a time where he's counted on and he comes through because he's, he's a, you know, he's, he's a guy that cares. He's a, he's a good basketball player. So um, all those guys, especially Ty, I think are just going to continue to progress and, and develop. They just can't, can't lose that confidence and got to trust in their abilities. Well, Mike, uh, we will look forward to seeing you on Thursday night doing the broadcast along with Brian. I'm going to sit behind yep. you and throw things at you just to try Perfect. to distract you. You know, it's kind of like, the orange crush and the free throw distractions. That's what my job will be for you. On I need Thursday. it. You're going to have yeah, to stay focused. I, I, I'm, I'm welcoming the challenge, Scott. I know that's why you, you rise to the occasion with this kind of stuff. <laughs> you don't, you don't back down. So there's only one way, only one way to do it. You got to rise, man. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, we'll look forward to hearing you and seeing you. And we thank you for hopping on with us here. Absolutely. Thank guys. All right. That's Mike LaTulip. Our, uh, our expert on the Illini from former Illini playing days, also has coached the uh, the House of Pain uh, alumni team in the in the basketball tournament. And Hope you I don't can know. put them together this year. They didn't have a team last year. This is where Brad Underwood's earning his paycheck right now. This is a fork in the road for the season. Well, they've got a schedule coming up, and I've gone over this several times. They're playing the weak teams on the road and the better teams at home, and that's exactly what you want to play. But you have to pull it off. If you don't pull it off, you're really in trouble because they're 0-2 going in. Sometimes it's a recipe for whatever can go wrong will when you're (laughs) set up that way. We'll come back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. And the women play Thursday night against Wisconsin. They're on the road. Here's how this will work. Thursday night, 5.30, we'll start our pregame coverage for men's hoops. At 6.15, here on these signals, 1400 AM, 93.9 FM, we'll peel off and head to Women's Hoops with Mike Kuhn up there in Madison. If you want the men's pregame coverage, you'll uh, be on Light Rock 97.5. When women's basketball is over, it'll join up with men's hoops about the second half, and you'll get postgame here as well. So if you want uninterrupted men's coverage on Thursday at 5.30, head to Light Rock 97.5. If you want some men's and all of the women's coverage, stay here on Thursday night. Lauren, you look confused. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the, the, the regulars know how it happens. Know how it works. Well, you should have been here last week. No, I shouldn't have, apparently. We were off the air. Oh, that I knew. <laughs> and I said, boy, it's terrible and, that I'm in Florida while you guys you, have to deal I, with I this. I'll tell you this, 97.5 wasn't perfect either. Yeah. The, 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 
ice and wind and it really affected and, us. and towers don't mix well. That's right. The tower the tower got bummed. Yeah. But a reminder, we do have 93.9 FM, and that did not get interrupted when it when it comes to this programming. So, so we have two signals now, 1400 AM and 93.9 FM. It's called a translator in the radio business. But for you, in your car or your home, you have two places you can receive it over the air and your signal. So that's, that's that. Football. Coastal Carolina will play tonight against East Carolina in the Birmingham Bowl. I wonder who their quarterback is. Well, Grayson McCall is expected to play despite entering the transfer portal. I just think that's interesting. 2,600 yards this season with 24 touchdowns against just two interceptions. Three years, most valuable player in the conference. Three. Every year, MVP. And, and he is in the portal, but playing in the bowl game. That's that's very good for him. It's very interesting. He's got a little loyalty to that school, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, Wisconsin at Oklahoma State tonight in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix. So if you want to see some Big Ten, that's relevant. Already today, I know you were glued to your set for this, Lauren. Buffalo beat Georgia Southern in the Camellia Bowl, which is in Montgomery, Alabama. They win twenty three to 21 and finish the year seven and six okay and right that's now, better than six and seven that's well that's what georgia southern finished <laughs> it's a good thing they had that bowl game to, <laughs> both of them are over 500 well one of them's over 500 oh, the other's the other one. One. they were oh. both six and six oh, after the game. Okay, yeah okay and and memphis leading utah state at the end of the third quarter 24 to 3 Tomorrow, Duke and UCF in the Military Bowl. Kansas at Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl tomorrow. Oregon against North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. Texas Tech at Ole Miss. I don't know if uh, the Ole Miss quarterback will be playing in that. Luke Altmeyer, who's already been to Illinois on a visit. Oh, I don't. He's a backup anyway, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I would think he's not playing. Yeah, I, I think once you're out visiting, I mean, uh, the Coastal Carolina quarterback hasn't, I don't think he's, I don't know if he's been out visiting. I mean, maybe he has, but he's not going to announce where he's going and still play, I wouldn't think. Yep. But he may know where he's going. He'll just wait till after the game. The one thing you got to know about Coastal Carolina, they call it Teal Nation out there. Their football field is teal. So if he comes to Illinois, it's a more of a normal green. So if or most any other place he goes, except for where Boise State. Boise State. He, he, you know, he just has to be aware of that when he makes his his transition. Sports talk hour number one about to conclude here. Hour two. Evan Kahn's in, and we'll talk with Robert Rosenthal uh, in the next hour as we get ready for bowl coverage in Illinois and Mississippi. State. States. Um, not too late. Maybe maybe got a little Christmas gift and you're trying to think about what or a Christmas bonus, trying to think about what to do with it. See you under construction can help you dream up something new, something to be redone, something to be renovated, something to be added to your home or finished or just done right if it wasn't done the way you liked it before. See you under construction. You go online, you see a lot of ideas and what their workmanship is, both in homes and in businesses. They basically can do it almost all from top to bottom in your home with a team of 
of, of trade experts in plumbing, HVAC, and electricity. So when they have a project to do, like your kitchen, like finishing your basement, they don't have to subcontract anything out. They got everybody right there in-house. They team up together, build a plan, and strategize the right way on how to get the job done. They've been growing and growing in popularity and for good reason. They do good work and they do good customer service. I commend them to you. See you under construction online at seeyouunderconstruction.com or give them a call 217-954-0385. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illini family, this is Brad Underwood. We'll see you Thursday at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Tomorrow on the show, we'll hear from Brad Underwood a little bit and Shauna Green as they both have their teams getting ready for games on Thursday. Also, Colin Likas with all the holiday hoopla in uh, high school sports. And then Colin pinch hitting for Scott Ritchie. Scott Ritchie, we're wishing you well in uh, your recovery. And it's been under the weather. And then uh, Colin will head to Tampa to cover for the football beat. So we got plenty going on tomorrow. Thursday Coach Q as well. Mr. Tate, you can go home and have a beef house roll. I give you my permission. <laughs> well, Ed Bond brought some beef house rolls for us, so let's give him credit. W- he was over there for lunch today. That's right. WDWS Champagne-Urbana. <laughs>